Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Is this the real life or is this just a fictional reality? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Fictional Reality. I'm your host, James Elliott from the Brisbane Treasure Hunt Society. And I'm coming to you today solo. Uh, it's just going to be me uh, talking to you about escape rooms. Uh, I thought this might be a good platform to host a escape room review system. I see in the oncoming months, um, currently in Brisbane, I think we have something like 20 rooms operating currently. Um, and I can only see that improving uh, and growing exponentially as we go forward. I know that Fox in a Box is opening up six new rooms. Escape Manor, they have two new rooms. Escape Hunt uh, over in West End, they've just opened a new room. That's the one I'll be reviewing today. And they just seem to be popping up everywhere. So it seemed like a good opportunity to maybe get on get on the bandwagon and start uh, reviewing all the different rooms out there and giving people a library and a database for, oh, what's good? So, of course, with that comes a system. So we're going to spend some time going through what that system is, um, the rating system, and just a few of the things that I think make an effective room or are good rubrics for determining, uh, for just reviewing the room. Of course, we have to be careful that we don't give away any spoilers. So there's a bit of an experiment. We'll see how we go in being able to talk about the room in a non-spoilery way. But we can do it with movies. We can do it with books. We're able to review and then subsequently sell or maybe deter people from going to movies without spoiling all the surprises. So uh, I'll go through and I will uh, do my absolute best not to spoil anything. Uh, this will be for people who have not experienced the room. If you have experienced the room, um, then let me know what you think. Uh, do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you have any other feedback? Maybe you would rate them differently. But... Without much further ado, let's just jump straight into it. So I'm going to review Escape Hunt in West End, Brisbane, Australia's room. Um, Escape Hunt is a franchise escape room company. They have a bunch of different international locations all over the world, so they have a variety of rooms that are true and tested. They work, um, and uh, they've just uh, released their newest room, which is called Blackbeard's Treasure. Blackbeard's Treasure. All right, so I was already a little bit biased going into this one um, for a few reasons. One of them is I operate the Brisbane Treasure Hunt Society, so if anyone ever says the word treasure to me, I get very excited. And uh, so, and I love pirates. I love the theme of pirates. You know, uh, not every escape room theme is my is my bag. I'm not a big fan of the medical themed ones, but uh, I do like I do like pirates and treasure. I thought this would be great. I did think there was going to be a treasure map, okay? I just, I'm going to say it now, it's not a spoiler, but I thought at some point we're going to get 
the old treasure map to the loot. And uh, we're going to have to solve the treasure map and figure out that. And uh, that didn't necessarily exist, so that was fine. That was just something that I hoped and thought would be in there. Uh, and of course, if you're going to make a pirate-themed adventure of any sort, dear listeners, um, and you've commissioned me to make you a treasure hunt for it, you can bet your bottom dollar there's going to be a bloody map involved. And it's going to be sick. And it's going to have an X marks the spot, and there's going to be clues and riddles helping you get there. This room missed that mark. So, let's go into the categories that we're going to look at. We're going to look at immersion. Was the room immersive? So did I feel like I was where I was told I was going to be? Where the room was set? Uh, what the difficulty level was? Um, you know, the difficulty of the puzzles, but not only the difficulty of the puzzles, the difficulty of the room itself. So sometimes a room can have difficult puzzles, but be an easy room, so if you succeed on the puzzles, uh, or if you tend to just be naturally good at a certain type of puzzle, you can get out of the room really easily, even if the puzzles themselves are hard. A good example of that is maybe an algebraic sum, or sometimes you have to might use your nose for something, um, and people can uh, find those in various levels of difficulty. So you can have a room that has easy puzzles that are also difficult, and that's just by having lots of little tiny puzzles in there. Lots of two to five minute puzzles, um, but to get them all done, you're really racing against the clock. So that can still be a difficult room, even though it's full of, um, of simple puzzles. I would say Blackbeard's treasure exists on in the latter. The puzzles themselves are not necessarily difficult. They're not mysterious. It's not, you're not scratching your head too much going, man, what the... What the shit? I mean, there are some of those moments where our team definitely was just like, okay, we've sort of done a few things here, we've we've explored, we can't find anything else, we can't find any hidden items anywhere, um, and we're at a bit of a, a stalling point. And then a person in our team thought, hey, let's try this, and bada bing, bada boom, it worked. It was a it was a nice moment. It was a stroke of genius, and it came at just the perfect time. Actually, in our experience, we had a few of those moments in the room where we just sort of went, hmm, not really sure what to do. I know this is a clue, and I know this is a clue. Um, and then it just required a little bit of lateral thinking. And that was something that I enjoyed about Blackbeard's Treasure. So I would say the difficulty is it's not a difficult room, but it is a very interactive room. Um, so that's going to bring us on to the next category of coherence. Coherence is, does everything sort of make sense in the room? I guess coherence might be a category that I either maybe keep or don't, because I'm seeing that there's some crossover here with immersion and the next category of flow. I should have probably listed these categories at the beginning. Maybe I did, and I can't remember. But the categories are immersion, difficulty, coherence, and flow. Coherence was how did everything tie together? I was, the idea is that we're on a sinking ship, sinking galleon, and uh, we have to uh, find Blackbeard's treasure and uh, escape with the loot before the ship sinks into the sea. Now, there's only so much you can do in a room built on the land, um, so obviously there was no water rushing in, there was no, uh, the, the room wasn't swaying in any way like a boat. All points I'm happy to forgive, like... <laughs> wasn't expecting that. Um, the coherence of, of the room and the puzzles is 
You know, I have to say, I would rate the coherence somewhat low. Um, coherence would be a hard, hard thing for a room to get because I might even call that maybe narrative. Narrative might be a better word for it. Um, the narrative was we were trying to find a way off the sinking ship and all of a sudden we're doing all these quirky little puzzles um, that didn't necessarily serve the narrative. We weren't, you know, looking for an oar or trying to find, um, you know, uh, a plug to fill the, the life raft or, or something like that. We weren't doing anything in service of escaping the sinking ship. We were just simply looking for the treasure. And uh, it, it seemed pretty clear when I got in there where that treasure was going to be. So I will say that I'm 99% sure I had been in that space before. Before it was Blackbeard's treasure, it was a, I'm pretty sure it was a room called the Jewel Thief. If it wasn't, it had the exact same layout as the Jewel Thief. So I knew the layout of the area and I, I knew where the treasure would be. It would be, I'll be interested to hear anyone who hasn't been to Escape Hunt before or hasn't done the Jewel Thief, if they go and do Blackbeard's Treasure, um, what they think of that, because I was already going in with some prior knowledge, just about the, the layout of the room. I won't say any more about that. I'll give this low score on narrative. Uh, we did, I mean, there was treasure, obviously. Um, there was a sense of finding out where, where Blackbeard hit it, but it, it wasn't sort of like, with a narrative arc, you'd want to, you would want it to be, well, Blackbeard has hidden his treasure on the ship somewhere, and he's made a series of clues so that if he ever dies, someone can find the treasure and it won't sink to the bottom of the ocean. Um, and so with that being said, the clues didn't serve that narrative in any way. They, they were very fun, don't get me wrong, and the puzzles were very fun, but they, they didn't necessarily follow a, um, a cohesive um, narrative. So I'll mark that reasonably low, but that doesn't mean the room was bad in any way. I think that's a very difficult thing to achieve. In fact, I've, actually, I've heard of a room down in Melbourne called, I think it's pronounced Yukio, and, um, which I think scores very high on narrative. From what I've heard about it, it's all about the story, and you're really immersed in this story of these people um, of this love story and these sort of narrative element themes. Um, uh, you know what, I've heard it's quite beautiful as a result of that and uh, I agree, I think narrative is super important and that the more people play escape rooms and get experience with them, the more narrative is going to become front and centre. Uh, just like at the beginning of, of film, where film was very novelty based at the beginning, it was, it was about mm, making tricks with the cameras and you know, the very first film had no narrative, it was a train coming toward the screen, like whoop dee shit. Uh, it was very impressive and everyone was very, very enamoured with it, but it was very much a carnival act. It was a novelty experience. And uh, Escape Rooms is still very much a novelty experience territory of, of immersing people into a story. So narrative will become a front and centre player to the Escape Room model as time goes on, as people start to want more from them. Uh, at the moment, they're still pretty fresh, especially here in Brisbane. They're only a couple of years old, so we'll go a little bit longer before people start craving narrative. Uh, I think once you get familiar with how escape rooms work and how the puzzles are designed and a few factors like, well, they have to be resettable, um, that they have to sort of 
adhere to a base average high school education level of puzzle. That's something really important that you realize is all the puzzles are basically high school education. So if you're somewhere and you're overcomplicating it, if you're using anything more than, than your high school education to try and achieve a puzzle, you're probably thinking too hard um, and shoot yourself in the foot that way because you overcomplicate the puzzle. As an escape room host myself, I can, I can guarantee a big reason a lot of people don't get out is uh, complicating the puzzle themselves. So narrative coherence um, didn't, didn't score especially high, but where it lost out in narrative, it made up for in immersion. The room was super immersive. There was a lot of attention paid to, um, to detail, which I, I really appreciate. Um, you walk into the room and it, it, they had done their absolute best to sort of make it look like, you know, they had these lovely wooden walls, um, each panel, uh, as I took a closer look in it, each panel had been, you know, specifically cut to size. It was like a cobblestone wall, but made of timber, um, you know, and heaps of props and ornaments and, and all of the different, like the way it was lit and uh, the way it was set out and, and all these things, they were definitely in service of the immersive element of the room. And then as you play through and explore areas, um, that, that just continues to, to happen. Um, you know, that you, you do eventually enter a space where it's a little bit, it's not sort of like the main deck of the ship. It's a little bit more like a, a quarters, a, you know, like a, someone's private office or something. And that too is very lovely, very elegant. Uh, all the props involved in the puzzles, just really well made, really well designed, robust. Um, yeah, their props and set department was on point. I was, I was quite impressed. And that made the experience very fun. Uh, you know, we got to wear, we got hats. We could wear pirate hats. I'm always a big fan of props and costumes that you can wear. And uh, our first mate, someone is chosen as the first mate, they get given uh, a little sword and a sheath and a hat. And uh, the sword is actually padlocked. So you have to try and find a way to like unlock the sword as well, which I thought was, was quite cute and worked really well. Uh, I love getting something early on that, um, that you can't access and you just have to play the room and not worry about it too much. And eventually you will be given access to it. I think that is quite rewarding. It's, you know, it's foreshadowing, it's preempting, um, and works very effectively. And that'll take us onto flow. Uh, so flow is how the puzzles all tie together and how a group can go through the room and experience the room um, dictated by the course of the puzzles. I thought the flow was quite, quite. Um, I don't want to just say good. It, it was well designed. It was well designed. There were enough puzzles, especially in the first 15 to 20 minutes, that you could jump between different things. And we had a group of five, and we were all able to sort of work on stuff or something or look for something or keep busy doing something, talking to each other um, for pretty much the whole time. There was only one instance where a, one person had to do something and the rest of us were left with just sort of twiddling our thumbs. But we didn't, we weren't too aware of that. I became aware of it at a moment. I only became aware of it after um, after I got out of the room and realized, oh, we didn't have anything to do. But at the time, we thought maybe there was more to do. So while this one person was doing something, we spent the time looking around and saying, hey, what's next? What do we have to do next? 
So the time wasn't wasted at all. It didn't feel like we were twiddling our thumbs. Only in retrospect did I realize that we were. So I thought the flow was, was, was a well-flowed room. The puzzles led on to each other in a nice way. There was some parallel um, things happening there, and then there was some puzzles that happened in series. And, yeah, I, I think that was quite effective. Actually, I think an effective way to start a room is to have a nice little parallel set. Everyone can work on something, and then it funnels down into some serial lines there. Uh, so Escape Hunt know how to make a nice flow-worthy room. We were always busy. We we never we never didn't really know what to do, except for maybe one or two times. And even then, it wasn't frustrating at all. It was just like, okay, let's look at what we've got. Let's think about it. Let's go back and try something else. So in total, immersion, I would rate that quite high. It was very well designed, very well made, great props, um, great ambience, great atmosphere. The difficulty was I enjoyed it. Um, as I said, the puzzles weren't that difficult. They weren't too cognitively demanding, but they were very interactive. Uh, and I'm a big fan of interactive puzzles. I think if you're going to a, a business or a company who specializes in making puzzles, then you're going to want more than just what you can find in a crossword book or a puzzle book. Um, that's, you know, maybe used a, a few props here and there uh, to turn that into an escape room. This was very immersive. You had to interact, oh, this was very interactive, so you had to interact with a lot of things. You had to figure out how to interact with them, um, which I always like as well, because I'm always on the lookout for mag locks and switches and the, the mechanics as a sub, sort of subconsciously as a way to guide me through the room. It's like, oh, okay, well, we, we're going to have to find a mag lock here, um, so where's the switch? That type of thinking did not serve me at all in the room. It was more like, okay, the riddle is telling me to do something. Let's just forget about the mechanics of the room and do what the riddle tells me, even though it's counterintuitive, uh, and then all of a sudden things would work out. So I found that very, very rewarding and very fun um, to be such an interactive room. You know, it uses all your different senses as well, which I thought was cool. You know, you have to smell things, you have to listen to things, you have to touch things, um, and that that makes for a good room. That really helps with the immersion as well. Uh, especially smell. I think smell is quite underrated in an escape room, but in an episode I had with Kezia from Seraphim Escape Rooms, she, she puts a lot of effort into making sure her rooms smell a certain way. And if you want to immerse yourself in a space, I mean, you can do it with lights, you can do it with set, you can do it with texture, but add some smells in there. And it's a whole new it's a whole new level. So I guess maybe one comment on that note I would put for Blackbeard's Treasure is if it smelled like seawater, um, that would have been awesome. That would have been like that would have taken it up to that next level. But um, that's not a criticism. That's just that would have been cool. Um, the coherence of the room, the narrative coherence, pretty low. You know, we weren't really following a story in any way. We were just following the puzzles and seeing where they led us. Uh, we had a vague idea of what to do, but the puzzles led us along. For instance, we got a sword, it was locked, we knew we had to unlock the sword. Why did we have to unlock the sword? Who knows? Why was the sword locked? Didn't make any sense. Uh, and then the flow of the room, I thought the flow was great. Uh, there was moments where we all had something to work on, and we all had to work together at other moments. Um, you know, there was a few little bottlenecks, but they didn't take away from the experience at all. They sort of just made us focus and rethink and regroup. We ended up escaping with 12 minutes left on the clock, so we're pretty proud of that. 
uh, had some other friends who did it. They escaped with 13 minutes, and some other friends who escaped with, uh, I think, 12 minutes again. We were 12 minutes and 10 seconds, and I think they escaped with 12 minutes and 50 seconds. So these were all escape room hosts um, and people in the puzzle industry. So not that that gives us, maybe it gives us an advantage. I think that it does. Uh, but I'll be interested to see what the average escape time is for people who escape. Uh, for instance, um, at Escape Manor, most people who escape out, uh, those rooms there escape with only two, three minutes left on the clock. That's a 45-minute room, too, so this was an hour-long room that we had 12 minutes left on. So I'll make of that what you will. But we got out with 12 minutes, which felt quite good. I felt like we'd achieved it. But in, uh, in six months' time, if I'm to find that most people who escape escape with 10 minutes or 20 minutes left on the clock, you'll be like, oh, okay, we just did average. We did an average, average time, which is fine. I think it's better to do the average time because the room is designed to be finished in average time. So uh, the flow was great, the immersion was great, the difficulty was good, and the coherence was a little low. So I'm going to give this room four out of five escape ropes. Um, I definitely would recommend anyone who wants to have a very fun room that's a little bit counterintuitive and requires some lateral thinking and that you trying to figure out the mechanics of the room won't help you get through it, this is this is the one. Especially if you like the theme of pirates and treasure, this will tickle that. Uh, and it tickles that with its immersive, its immersive quality and its interactive quality. So, um, yeah, I thought it was quite fun. I think that's all I'll really have to say on the matter. We'll just try and keep this one a bit short. But that is my review of uh, Blackbeard's Treasure, the latest escape room released out of Escape Hunt in West End, Brisbane, Australia. I recommend anyone giving it a go. I've done all of their rooms there now. And I, my suggestion with Escape Hunt in, in its totality, if no one has ever been there before and you're thinking about going to an escape room for the first time, I would highly recommend doing the rooms in chronological order. Find out which room was made first. I'm pretty sure it was Bomber Government House. Uh, do them in chronological order because they, they continue to keep getting better and better and better. And um, that will give you the best experience of Escape Hunt. Because Bomber Old Government House and Day at the Racetrack, they're great. They're good rooms. Like They're, they're very fun and you know they're, they're fine escape rooms. But um, the Jewel Thief... Finest Hour. Finest Hour is a terrific escape room. I'll review that another time. I'll review all of these at some point. Um, is is a next step above, and then Blackbeard's Treasure is another step above that. So do them in chronological order, but if you don't want to do that, if you just want to go and ha experience a really fun room for the first time, Blackbeard's Treasure will um, will give you your, your little escape room fix. So there you have it. Four out of five escape ropes for um, Blackbeard's Treasure. I hope you've enjoyed this breakdown. It was a little bit all over the place. Uh, next time, I'll endeavor to have a guest on um, and we'll, we'll review it together. Although I see a difficulty of not making any spoilers. Although I think I've done all right. I haven't given anything away, but I've told you a little bit about the experience that I had in the room. So that's it for this week. Thank you for tuning in, my dear listeners. I appreciate your time and your attention. It's a fickle resource these days. So... Have a lovely day, and I'll see you next time.